Church, one of the things that's been exciting for me to watch over the last months as we've kind of gathered in smaller communities versus a larger worship service on Sunday mornings is that friendships are developing. Friendships which might have been just merely acquaintances in the past are becoming people who know each other and who get along well and who enjoy uh, getting together and talking, who look forward to seeing one another, who are realizing more and more that they have in common. Uh, friendships are growing as a result of our missional communities. And I think that's a beautiful thing. That's an answer to my prayer as a, a pastor and as a shepherd. Whenever I look out over a congregation of people, you know, a body of Christ, a local church, I always want us to be friends first and foremost. Doesn't mean we always agree on everything. Doesn't mean we're all the same. Not that, but just that we would have a kinship, that we would feel like family. And just as with family, sometimes you don't get along, sometimes you don't agree, but you still think of yourselves as together. And I'm seeing that grow. For this week, I wanted to ask us to consider taking those friendships and moving them past just friendship to fellowship. That scripturally, biblically, is the next level of friendship. <clears throat> if you move from someone being a stranger to an acquaintance, and if you move from someone, uh, you and someone else being acquaintances to being friends, you've moved to the place, you see what things you have in common, you enjoy talking and being together, but fellowship, is there's a bond that's created where you feel like uh, we are not just friends, we are fellows, we are partners, we are companions, we're comrades, we are the same and together. And so friendship ultimately, biblically, if it's going to become close and meaningful and powerful, has to move from friendship to fellowship to really bind us together. And Jesus always sent out his disciples in groups. Uh, the band of disciples was, you know, the twelve we look at our missional communities as families and individuals and couples, singles together in bands of disciples, again, trying to emulate Christ's model and send out these bands of disciples into the world. So we, we worship together as a small missional community band of disciples, and we do mission together as a band of disciples. And what even can be lost in that grouping is the individuality of each of us and the specific needs and challenges, strengths, weaknesses uh, that we each have. And so that's what I'm asking from this week, uh, is that we would take some time, after I've read a couple of verses here, to break out from even our small home gatherings into just groups of men and women and youth and talk as men, what does it look like to be a godly man right now? How can we be fellows together, not just friends? And for our, our women, what does it look like to be a woman of God in the world today? What are the things that are easy about that or hard about that? What are the strengths? What are the challenges to it? And for kids and youth to talk amongst yourselves and to say, what does it look like to be a Christian kid, a Christian teenager, a Christian college student maybe, whatever level of uh, education or a stage in life you're in, what does that look like? So, the scripture that came to my mind is a very simple one. It's Proverbs 18, 24, and it simply says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So, there is a type of friendship or a type of person, man or woman, that has lots of acquaintances, lots of companions, the Proverbs say. 
and they can still ultimately fall on their own because those companions don't really know them. Those companions don't feel like they're partners together. They're just friends. They know each other, companions. But there is a kind of friend who sticks closer than a brother. Sometimes we're not even that close to our, our blood relatives, our siblings. Uh, we go our different ways in lives. We have different personalities, different experiences. But there is a sort of a friend. That's a Christian friend, a Christ-like friend who will stick closer than a brother, who will know our hearts maybe more than our own uh, families do, uh, their own parents or siblings do. And that's a beautiful and special thing. If you want to think about the friendship that exemplifies this in Scripture, it would probably be uh, David and Jonathan, right? Like kinsmen, blood brothers, sort of, just so tight together that they shared everything and they truly loved one another. So let me read it one more time. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, listen to just a couple of other Proverbs to drive home the wisdom of this. Proverbs 27.6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So a real friend might say something like, hey, knock that off, or don't do that, that's not good for you. It's a wound of a sort, you know, it's a challenge, a rebuke. But that's faithful, that's a good friend that's willing to tell us where we're about to get in trouble, where we're about to get hurt, to try to stop us. Um, but an enemy, and all the translation says, multiplies kisses, or profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So like, oh, you're great, you're wonderful, it's great, it's great, it's great, while we're walking up to the edge of a cliff about to fall. Oh, don't worry about it. You're the best. It's fantastic. Everything's fine. That's not a true friend. But that friend would have to know where you're walking, would have to care enough about you and feel like they have permission. We have to kind of grant each other permission and access to our lives. And that can be really hard. It can be really vulnerable. It can be really um, nerve-wracking to say, can I share with this person next to me? Can I trust them? And if someone entrusts you with their thoughts, their heart, their feelings, what will you do with it? Will you gossip about it to others? Will you break confidence? Will you belittle them and say, oh, well, don't worry about that? Will you give a cliched answer? Will you listen? Will you look in description and say, what can the Bible give to you as a help? Will you pray? You know, that response to that friend will determine whether there's any future sharing that ever happens. So we need to be honored and careful and trust as uh, trusted as a precious thing that's been handed to us when someone's willing to confide in us. And that's what I'm asking us to consider doing with each other, to move past friendship into fellowship. In Proverbs 27, there's one more verse that I'll read, which uh, is a familiar one as well. It's the wisdom of God's word. We've been talking about last week and now this week. You know, what does God's word have to say that can challenge us? Well, this is specifically regarding friendship into true fellowship. Uh, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. <clears throat> so sometimes you have to strike iron against iron to really get it sharp. There's some sparks that fly and some grating that happens. But if our goal is to be as effective as we can at looking like Christ in the world, then it'd be good to have some iron sharpen our iron to say, how are we living for Christ? You know, men, as you gather as a group of men, talk to each other honestly and say, what is hard about living for Christ in this world? For you specifically. We don't need to go into generalities just for us as an individual. For me, what's challenging about living as a godly man? 
And then let other men speak to us about things they've discovered, about scriptures which matter to them, or just to share and kind of commiserate. Yes, I also feel like that is a challenge for me. Well, now how can we pray for each other? How can we grow in that? That's fellowship. And as we've said before, the the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. Uh, It means communion. It means participation, partnership, fellowship. It's beyond friendship. And that's where I hope that we'll go. So I thought what I might do for this time is give you a scripture to read to start with as you break off in your groups. I'd like to challenge you to uh, read uh, the book of Titus chapter 2 verses 1 through 9. And that is Paul's advice to Titus for how to talk to the men in his church. Men, these are the things that are important to being a godly man. So I'd love for you, groups of men, as you break out and talk, whether it's just one or two of you or five of you, to read through the first couple of verses there of Titus chapter 2 and say, what were the things that were most important for men in that day? And then kind of personalize it to today. Like, what are the things that are most important? What are the things for me, for you, that we're striving for to be a godly man? What are the things that the Bible calls us to be as godly men? And then how can we pray for each other? How can we challenge and strengthen and encourage and sharpen one another so that we can do those things and be those people that Christ is calling us to be? Uh, Ladies, same thing in Titus 2 talks about women, older women, younger women, um, how we love each other, how we band together. Look at the advice that Paul gives to Titus for the women in his day. Does it apply to today as well? Is it different? What ways it is, is it the same or different? What would you say are the most important things to being a godly woman today? Uh, what are the opportunities you have as women? What are the challenges you have uniquely as women? And then uh, there's just a single verse there at the end of that section in Titus 2 where it talks about young men. But generalize that to youth. Young men, young women, children, teens, whatever groupings you find yourself in as youth uh, in this discussion. Look at the advice that was given there. Why do you think that specific piece of advice was given from a pastor, from a mentor to a pastor for his people? And is it the same today? Do we still think that that's a big challenge, that specific thing, the advice that's given? Are there other ones? Um, What would be the single most um, powerful thing that you could do to be a youth, a child, a teen, a college student for Christ? to stand out in this world for Jesus? These are the kind of questions I think that can take our general sort of Bible knowledge and make them specific. And if we can do that in small pairings, um, then I think we can be there for one another and stick closer than a brother, closer than a sister as we try to live it out. We ultimately learn by doing, but we have to know what to do in the first place. So this is a stepping stone. If we're going from friendship now to fellowship, fellowship then needs to move into participation, into experience, into activity. That can come and maybe that can be what you wrap up with in your conversation. What are we going to do with these thoughts? And how can we help each other get there? So uh, each of our missional communities is a little bit different makeup and age and uh, number of women, number of men, number of kids. I'll leave it up to you to kind of be creative about how you divide. But ultimately, I'd like to challenge you to talk as men and talk as women and talk as youth uh, just amongst yourselves. If you have some very young kids, maybe there can be an adult or two there just helping facilitate the conversation. But 
We're all trying to achieve Christ-likeness, but it's going to look very different based on what family we're in, what marriage we're in, what siblings we have, what our home life looks like, what our blessings look like, what our spiritual gifts look like. And so that's what I'm hoping we can dive into as we move from friendship to fellowship. And I know that God will use these conversations to help us grow closer to each other, closer to Him, and then it will give us that support structure of true fellows in Christ, partners in Christ, that will help support us as we go to actively live it out each week. So I'll be praying for you in your conversations. I look forward to hearing how God builds us closer together and closer to Him, all for His glory and all for His kingdom.